remember sitting around the table with my father talking about selling wine. And uh, we'd have these conversations, you know, every few years, it seemed. And he would always say, my friend would tell me that the truth's out in the street. Can't know anything about your business unless you're out on the street bringing wine around to restaurants and stores and, and, and figuring out where you are, seeing where you are, seeing what the market is telling you, seeing what's popular, where the holes and wine lists are, that sort of thing. And he was right. Uh, I'm still trying to do that. It's not as frequent as it, it ought to be. But at this time of the year, harvest time, the truth's out in the vineyards. I'm Stephen Kent Mirasu. Welcome to the Wine Saves Lives podcast. A little rumination time. Uh, if you've been paying any attention at all over the last 10 days or so to what's happening in the wine viticultural scene, in California, you realize that we've come through an unprecedented heat wave right around Labor Day weekend. And in the Livermore Valley where we are, it's not unusual. In fact, practically every year we'll get two or three days of really intense heat, 105, 106, 110 sometimes, but usually it's confined to two or three days. This past year though, this week ago, 10 days ago, it, it lasted for a good week. And we had temperatures as high as 116. In fact, the highest recorded temperatures ever in the Bay Area were in Livermore and in Fairfield for two days in a row. Uh, and 116 kicks your ass. It, it Dry heat, wet heat doesn't freaking matter. It's fucking hot. And it was really, really hot. And we were, we're very careful about how we water, especially when we go into a heat event like this. We know it's going to be hot. We'll add some extra water so the vines maintain moisture, the vines um, maintain health. There isn't going to be any photosynthesis going on because the stomata, the little holes on the undersides of leaves that uh, allow for the uh, transpiration, respiration of, of um of CO2, uh, which leads to photosynthesis, creation of sugar, and oxygen, which is released by the plant, uh, and that are generally open when the weather is in the 80s, close up when it's that hot. They're trying to protect moisture in the plant. Uh, same thing happens when it's really windy outside. Plant's trying to protect itself first and foremost. Um, we know that we're not going to get any natural sort of, um, natural is really not right the word, not the right word. We're not going to get any ordinary maturation of fruit. We're not going to get ordinary ripening. Oftentimes, if you don't water properly, you're going to get desiccated berries, berries that start to shrivel, berries that, that depending upon where you are in the season, may end up being raisined and beyond repair. Um, and you're going to get uh, uh, evaporation of water from the berries, which leads to uh, greater, higher sugar levels, but physiologically unripe fruit. So you get sugar, and if you're picking on sugar, you might pick at 25 bricks in a situation like that, but seeds generally aren't ripe yet. Your pH and TA balances are, are not there. So you're going to get fruit that's, that's sweet, but doesn't lead to, to high quality wine. 
we know this going into these things. Uh, but 116 for a couple of days, 108, 104, 102, you know, this went on for days and days and days. And no matter how much we, we watered, um, we, we ended up getting some, some raisining in some of our fruit or some, some real shrivel in some of our fruit. And interestingly enough, it was on the, it was on the morning side of the vine. And if your vines are, um, grown along a north-south axis, the fruit itself will be open to uh, the east and west side of the, of, of the vines or of the area that you're in. So you're going to get morning sunlight on one side, you're going to get afternoon sunlight on the other side of the vine. And generally, uh, it's the afternoon side of the vine that gets more sunlight. And so you'll do certain things like picking fewer leaves or thinning fewer leaves on, on the afternoon side because you want a little bit more protection there because you're going to get more intense sunlight and, and you don't want your fruit to get sunburned and the like. Uh, but what was interesting about this week was that it was so intensely hot really early in the morning that um, the side with which you'd pick more leaves or thin more leaves off in order to get more of that of um, sunlight uh, to aid in, in, in ripening and photosynthesis and the like is where we got nailed. So you've got a fruit zone that's more open uh, because you pick leaves as you normally would to maximize the sun exposure you get in the you know, few hours in the morning when you have sunlight. Um, the, the afternoon side that had less thinning done because you get more hours of sunlight naturally there came through the process much better. A couple of blocks at Gilnetti Vineyard were particularly problematic. Uh, one clone of cab, a Tokalon clone of cab, had some real raisining on, on that morning side. Our home ranch cab had some shrivel on, on the morning side. But the walk that I took right after the last day of real hot weather, the some of these blocks look really tragic. They look like we're, we're going to have to sort of abandon picking this part because we're going to get nothing but raisins here. We're not going to get any any fresh fruit flavors from from this from from this side of the vine. The truth being in the vineyard in this particular case, after the rain, the kind of one-two punch that we got, very unusual. I've never, in 25 years in Livermore, I've never experienced this, where you got such intense heat, which is normal, maybe not that intense, but has never been followed up by rain that we got. And we didn't get a lot of rain. We got maybe half an inch of rain, but it rained uh, for, you know, off and on for about three days. Um, increased humidity in the vineyard can lead to mildew, bloom can lead to mold bloom botrytis and things like that if you haven't sprayed well or if you don't have your canopies situated in such a way where the wind that comes through dries fruit out dries leaves out that sort of thing we we seem to we seem to 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 go through that little spell uh okay there wasn't there wasn't so much rain one of the vineyards we get fruit from Zayante vineyard in the Santa Cruz mountains got 30 inches of rain in that same period which can be much more problematic because that's enough rain to really soak the soil, to really induce the roots to uptake a lot of water. And uh, the water flows up through the vine itself and 
into the berries. So um, we, we did see sort of a freshening effect in the fruit in Livermore. I haven't been to the, San, to the vineyards in Santa Cruz yet. I'm going to go on Friday. I'm, I'm recording this on Wednesday to see uh, how, how things uh, kind of came through, how fruit, how Merlot and Cab Franc and Zayante Vineyard kind of came through the, the, this one-two punch. Uh, but what had seemed like a real tragic, oh God, not again kind of a thing, uh, was much improved today as I was walking through the home ranch Cabernet um, block and walking through Clone 30 and walking through the Mount Eden and Tokalon and Nibom Coppola clones that we have planted out of Gilmetti, uh, the the vineyard looked much better. The The fruit had had unshriveled a touch and not plumped up to to you know remove all the divots at this point in time and this generally happens as you get real close to harvest like within a day or two uh or three the grapes start looking a little bit like golf balls little dimples uh as the as the um last bit of sugar is taken up or created in in the fruit and and your um what you're tasting and what you're sensing in terms of tannin and acidity uh, get to a point where generally we're, where we kind of want to pick. We're going to see a ton of fruit come in, and, and I mean that in, uh, let me call it this way, a shit ton of fruit, which comprises many tons of fruit coming over to the winery in the next week from Livermore, from Napa, from the Santa Cruz Mountains, it's going to hit us all in about an eight or nine day period, kind of our, our current thought process. And harvest more than likely is going to be over significantly earlier than what would be normal for us in Livermore. And uh, that just makes for <laughs> interesting times. Chinese proverb or no, it, it, you deal with this kind of stuff that is part of agriculture, it's part of farming. There is no new normal. It, it, events like what happened this year would have been extraordinarily unusual. It's still unusual, but every year seems to bring something different now uh, as as climate change um, continues to to affect what we're doing, what what's happening in the vineyards affects, and it and it doesn't seem to be aggregate almost. It seems to be. Um, exponential in, in, in certain ways that, that it's not just small changes, but, but explosive changes in some respects. We're, the fruit we have in, which is all of our whites, uh, and rosés and a couple of red lots from Santa Cruz, from, from Zayante and from Bates Ranch are, um, nearly dry. We've got a couple of things that, that will probably be dry in about a week couple of things that are dry already. Quality of the wine so far is fantastic. I expect that we're going to come through this whammy, double whammy in good shape. We'll know more when, when we get fruit in and when we start fermenting and, and, and tasting the wines when they're dry and, and uh, macerating uh, through the, the extended maceration period that our, our wines generally go through. And I'm certain we'll talk about this as we as we find interesting uh, lots, um, interesting um, um, ferments to talk to you about. But 
Right now, it's it's uh, it's beautifully cool out in the evenings in Livermore as as we'd expect. This is normal for us now. It's uh, it's what makes Livermore Valley such a great place to grow Bordeaux varieties. This great diurnal temperature range wasn't real hot today. Don't expect temperatures much past um, the low 90s in the next few days, and then into the low 80s for the following few days. So uh, over the course of the next week or so, should be really beautiful growing conditions conditions to kind of get the last bit of ripeness that we're looking for uh, done. And hopefully uh, harvest goes, the actual picking of stuff and the crushing and fermenting of stuff goes goes uh, off without a hitch. But we will let you know how it all, uh, it all comes about. Thank you so much for joining me on Wine Saves Lives. Hope that you are enjoying what you're hearing. And always you can go to stephen at winesaveslives.com if you have specific questions you'd like me to answer or topics you'd like me to talk about. We'll be getting some some more interviews done uh, with folks uh, over, over the course of the next several weeks. Looking forward to uh, diving deeply into harvest and, and I'm headed to the winery here in about, you know, what time is it now? Eight o'clock headed uh, in, a, in three hours to do my 11 p.m. punch downs of the bins that we have and, and uh, moving things forward. Again, thanks very much. Hey, take care of yourself. Treat yourself well. Treat your loved ones well. Treat people well. Drink something delicious. Have a nice night and thanks very much for being a part of what we're doing.